Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all its resources for free. If you have been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. Happy Mother's Day, Ville Church. Uh, I hope everyone is well and I hope you're all making plans to celebrate your mother, uh, whether in person, maybe you can be with her in person, maybe from a distance, uh, and uh, maybe even in memories because she's no longer with you. But I do hope you will celebrate her. Uh, No mothers are perfect and uh, your relationship might not have been as you wanted, but at least celebrate her because she did give you life. I think in the world we live today, uh, there are many who choose not to give life. To their children that they are carrying, and but your mother gave you life, and if you're thankful for your life, be thankful for your mother. And uh, to all the mothers, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I once heard of a lady who, who stayed home after she gave birth to her children to care for them. She stopped her career and she stayed to to take care of them until they were old enough that she felt she could return to her career. But when that day came, she went back to apply for work and uh, she to return to the workforce. And she was asked uh, by one of the interviewers, what was your most recent work title and the experience she gained? And so she told them, she said, my most recent work title was a domestic engineer. And she had a list of experiences that she had during that and and roles she played. She said, I was a household CEO. I have a master's and PhD in patients. I'm a family law enforcer. I'm a non-TV activity coordinator, English language educator, playground medic, president of waste management fast food chef, college application advisor, teen dating and sex counselor, uh, spiritual leader, backyard safety commissioner, toy repair specialist, art critic, chief drug counselor, uh, anger management specialist, social secretary, social etiquette expert, personal shopper, fashion stylist and consultant, teen angst psychoanalyst, personal hygienist, personal chauffeur and expert driver, hairstylist and birthday party planner. Needless to say, her interviewers were very impressed. When you hear that list, you think about all that mothers do, we can really say mothers really do do it all. And I believe we should tell them often, as often as we can, how much we love and appreciate them. Mothers want the very best for their children. We know that. And they often sacrifice what they want for their children. Mothers want their children to have a safe and loving home, so they do whatever they can to provide that for them. They want them to have tasty and nutritious food, so they spend time and money grocery shopping, planning the meals, preparing the meals, and often they're learning new recipes for their family and their children. They want them to have a good education, so they get involved in school activities and work with their children's teachers uh, to understand the lessons and help their children complete their assignments. They want them to have good friends, so they allow their children's friends to, to visit in their home, spend time in their home, often spending the night, spending several nights. Uh, and so that they're, and they also spend time getting to know their children, the, the parents of their children's friends, so they can know who their children are spending time with. Uh, and they want their children to have exercise, and so and learn new activities. And so they spend they spend countless hours and money to get them in sports, get them to the activities or other activities they get them involved in. They spend time chauffeuring them there and being with them and cheering them on in their pursuits because they want that for them. And mothers want their children to have good and clean clothes. So they spend time shopping for their clothes and even more time washing their clothes and getting them ready for them to wear. And this is just a short list of all the things that mothers do. Mothers do all this and more, and they still question 
if they do enough to give their children the best chance for success in life. But I was asking, what really do the children need? Surely they need these things in their life, but what do they need more than anything else from their mothers and their fathers? I believe the passage that I'll share with you today gives us the answer. Uh, what we can give, pass on to the next generation, give to others around us, give to our children that they really need. Let's read Colossians 4, chapter 2 through 6. If you have your, uh, your Bibles and want to read with me, Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. <clears throat> and the Bible says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us also. Pray also for us that God may open us to us a door for the word, for the, for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on, which, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. And let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. As Paul is finishing his letter to the Colossians in chapter 4, he gives them three instructions in this, the last three instructions for them. He tells them to continue steadfastly in prayer. He tells them to walk in wisdom. And he tells them to let your speech be gracious, gracious seasoned with salt. Let's look at each of these. <coughs> Excuse me. First, he says to continue steadfastly in prayer. And we need to understand what is prayer. How would you define prayer? Some, some people say it's a, it's a conversation with God, it's communication with God. It is that. But the Westminster Catechism, uh, a way of uh, learning the, the basics of our faith, describes prayer in this way. It says it's an offering uh, up our desires uh, unto God in the name of Christ by the help of His Spirit with confession of our sins and acknowledge, thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. So we offer up our desires. We pray to God, we offer up our desires to Him in the name of Christ and by the help of His Spirit so He'll know what our desires should be, how we can pray, how we can lift our desires to Him. And then with the confession of our sins, we confess our sins as He shows them and then we thankfully acknowledge Him before His mercy. So it's an offering up, continual offering up of our desires unto God. And you know, God is never bothered with us coming. You know, sometimes as parents, the children, they, they wear us down with their continual asking, this and this. But God is never that way. God is never bothered or too busy to welcome our prayers. He loves when we pray. He looks forward to that. In Proverbs 15, 8, it says, The prayer of the upright pleases Him. Our prayers please Him. He looks forward to hearing our prayers. So our prayers please Him. Never We can never pray too much. Revelations 5, 8 says this, and when he had taken it, talking about Jesus as the lamb we'll hear in a minute. And when he had taken it, taken the scroll that was given to him, the four living creatures and the 24 elders that were surrounding the throne fell down before the lamb, which is Jesus. And each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. In heaven, our prayers are like incense. God uses it to make heaven a pleasant smelling place by the incense of the prayers of his people. Just think about that. Our prayers going up is, is incense in heaven. It's beautiful to God. And our children need their mother's prayers. Your children need your prayers as mothers and fathers. And they need our steadfast prayers. What is steadfast praying? What does it mean to pray 
continue steadfastly in prayer. It is praying continually without giving up. Continually praying over and over. like Never tiring of bringing our, our, our desires before the Lord. Never tiring of praying for our children and those that we love. Never without giving up. You know, sometimes we can pray for a while and kind of gonna get tired in that and move on and but continually bringing those prayers before the Lord. But you know, as, as we get we get tired, we get weary in, in, in continuing to pray almost the same thing uh, over and over. But so why is it so hard to continue to pray steadfastly? What keeps us from that? Well, Matt Chandler from the Village Church in Texas offers a couple of reasons he believes that it, it, we, we start to grow weary in these type of prayers, praying steadfastly as Paul is encouraging us to do. He says, first, we forget, we often forget that we are in a war zone, not a church potluck. You know, we have an enemy, Satan, whose main purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. He is real. He is, he is there to, to destroy us, to kill us and to steal from us whatever God wants to give us and to destroy us. And he's not playing around. He is always on the offensive. We fail to take seriously his plans and intentions. We don't, we don't take serious what's happening. In our culture, where our focus is being comfortable and, and being good with our situation instead of realizing, no, we're in, a, we're in a war zone. And if you think about it, the ones who pray steadfastly for their children are many times the mothers and fathers whose children are in a war zone, are in actually in physical harm, a way of physical harm in the in the wars of the world. They are praying. I, I live with a family, or spent a couple of nights with a family whose son was a part of the, the wars in Iraq some years ago. And every night they prayed for him. They didn't stop praying. He was always on their mind. They were always bringing him before the Lord because they knew the danger he was in. Sometimes we, we forget that. But as I said, Satan is, is the real enemy, and he is out to destroy us. In 1 Peter 3, 5, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You know, when I lived, we lived in Africa for a number of years, and when a lion roars in Africa, and I've heard a lion roar there, it strikes fear in the hearts of, of everything around it. It's like when he roars, it is so deep and so powerful, you just freeze for a moment until you get your bearings as to what's happening and where he's at. It, and and you know, that's why he's called the king of beasts. When he speaks and his roars, the beaks listen. So that says the, the devil is like, he's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, looking. And, and for him, it doesn't matter who he devours. He can, he'll devour anyone. He is looking for someone, anyone to devour. He will devour you and or your children. It is real. And if we miss this, we're in grave danger and more easily pray for him. He can pray on us more easily if we don't realize he is a real enemy to destroy us. And as I said, our society makes light or even dismisses the spiritual forces of evil. But according to the Bible, they are very real. They're very real. In Ephesians 6, 12, Paul writes and we read, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. He says, we're not wrestling and struggling against what we can see. We're struggling against forces we can't see, but they are very real. He, he, he mentions them. He says, there are rulers against authorities, cosmic powers 
uh, spiritual forces of evil. They are real and they are against us. They are our enemies. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Screwtape Letters, uh, tells a story about an experienced demon named Screwtape writing instructions in the form of letters <clears throat> to an amateur demon uh, named Wormwood. Uh, and he was writing to Wormwood to instruct him about a person called Patient whom Wormwood is trying to tempt uh, and influence. In one of the letters, Screwtape reminds Wormwood that the present policy of hell's high command is for devils to keep themselves concealed and invisible. This, he says, was not always the case, but it helps to make humans skeptics. One day, Screwtape, Screw, Screwtape hopes, people will worship the forces of science without believing in invisible spirits. The modern image of devils as comical figures, Screwtape writes, will keep the patient skeptical and ultimately help Wormwood corrupt him. And even in that, C.S. Lewis realized our biggest uh, challenge and danger is to not be aware of these forces that are out to, to, to destroy us. When we are aware of these forces, we realize we are no match for them, nor are our children. That's why we need to pray steadfastly. Just, such, just like I, when I lived in Africa, realized I'm no match for a lion. To, to, to fight a lion, I am no match for the forces of hell, the forces of evil. I am no match. That, and that's why I need to pray steadfastly for my family, for my children. We are no match for the forces of hell. But Jesus defeated these forces. He is the one who's defeated them by his death and resurrection. In Colossians 2.15, it says, that Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So it says he's already disarmed them. And he made a public spectacle. He triumphed over them by the cross. So he's already done that he is by his power. He has, already, he has already triumphed over them. Only Jesus has the power to overcome these forces. Only him. And he only is the one is the only one who can save us. As we and our children put our faith in him, he will also save us. But we must be aware. We must not forget that we are in a war zone. And that will, it will encourage us to pray steadfastly for our families. Second, uh, uh, Matt uh, Chandler, Pastor Chandler says, we have an illusion that we're in control. And if we're in control, we, we, can, we can make things happen. We don't really need God in our lives sometimes. We, we, he said, we, we know that two plus two equals four. So we try to apply this all of life. If we do this and this, it will come out this. We believe by doing certain things, uh, we will be able to determine the outcomes. The, the results will be, will be because we do these certain things. We can, we, we can control the outcomes by what we do. And some things, sometimes things do work out how we want. But it isn't because we're in control. And then when things, we have a tendency when things work out like we want or work out the way we think would be good, we're quick to take credit. We don't look to the Lord and say, thank God for what's happening. We want to take credit because we believe we're in control. We want to believe that if we expose our children to God's word and faithfully attend church with them, that they will follow God and do what's right. We want to believe that. And, and surely they do need the influence of God's word, and they do need the influence of others in our, in our body of Christ. But those of us who have uh, grown children know that their decisions are out of our control. We can only give them what they, what they need to make the decisions. We can't make the decisions for them. And that's why we need to pray steadfastly that God would, would work in their lives and draw them to himself. Um, when, our, when our sons were growing up in our home, uh, God showed me that you know I have a, a sh only a short period of time 
that I can uh, I can protect them while they're with me. He said, but that's only for a short time. And but they would be away from me after that time, and I couldn't protect them. And I realized for those times when uh, they're away from me, when they get to a place where I can't protect them, and God doesn't expect me to always protect them, but I need to prepare them. I need to make sure they're prepared for what they'll face uh, and not think that they can do it on their own and not think that it's based on what they can do or not. So I realized I need to, for those times, I need to prepare them and, and trust God to protect them. God is the one that protects them. He's the one that's in control, not me. You know, I was thinking recently, uh, our lack of control in life is never more obvious than the situations that come like the COVID-19. By this COVID-19 that's hit us, this, 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 this pandemic, we feel so helpless and vulnerable many times. What can we do? And that's true. That's what we are. We are helpless and vulnerable, feel really honest to the things that happen in our lives. We are not in control. And this is what we are. We are helpless and vulnerable. In Isaiah 30, 15, it says, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says, In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. We are to trust in the Lord and not in our own selves. Only He is in control. Only the Lord is in control. And we need to pray that neither we nor our children ever forget this. It says in that, that verse, it says, continue steadfastly in prayer, and it continues being watchful in it with thanksgiving. We need to pray for our children, expecting that God will hear our prayers. And when we do see his work in their lives, we need to be quick to thank him and give him all the praise for what he's doing in their lives. If it's not us, being watchful, watching watching to see the forces that are against them, and then watching to see God work in their lives because of our prayers. We should be thankful, for, but not surprised but God, by God's answers to our prayers because He is listening to our prayers. In James 6, 16, it says, the, prayers of a righteous person is power, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and active. God is listening. We, are, we have the righteousness of Christ in our lives, and He is listening to our prayers. There's a story I once heard uh, years ago told of a missionary called Brother Andrew who was known for his smuggling of Bibles into communist countries during the Cold War, like the 50s and 60s. And once he was caught and imprisoned. And while in prison, God used him to lead many other prisoners to faith. And after some time, they had a strong fellowship of believers in the prison. And after that, a while later, Brother Andrew was released from this prison. And he immediately began to smuggle Bibles again into, into the communist countries. He was rearrested and sent back to the same prison where he had just we had been released. And when his fellow prisoners who were still in that prison of faith, when they were the ones who had come to faith through his ministry there, when they saw him, they saw him entering the prison, it says they rejoiced and thanked God that he had answered their prayer because they were praying for his return. So God hears our prayers and he answers and responds to our prayers. I have many stories of where I prayed and God answered my prayer. And I thank him for that. So we need to pray steadfastly for our children. Mothers, that's what they need more than anything is to pray steadfastly for them. Secondly, our children need their mothers and their fathers to walk in wisdom before them, to walk in wisdom. They need to see that their mothers do not know everything. They'll learn that pretty fast, but they need to see, and, and the mothers need to admit that. 
They need to see that their mothers and fathers, that we are dependent on God's wisdom in our lives. Someone once said the problem with children is that they don't come with an instruction manual. And how true is that? I remember the first time I held my oldest son James in my hands and I looked at him and I thought, this is for life. What do I do? How do what do I do with this small person? How do I teach him and bring him up and you know and teach him what he needs to know? It, it was overwhelming. You know, there was nothing I could look to other than God's word. His word is the wisdom for our lives. Proverbs 2 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gives wisdom. Wisdom comes from the Lord. He is wisdom for our life. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord, the fear, reverence, and worship of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's when we begin to know God and know His wisdom in our lives, is when we fear and reverence and worship Him. And then in James 1.5, as we studied when we did the book of James, it says, If you lack wisdom, any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. God loves to give us wisdom when we ask him. And so our children need to see us asking God for wisdom to live our lives. And then they need to see us acting on that wisdom God gives us and following God in obedience by faith. They need to see that, not just asking, but following what we see or learn from God. They need to hear our story of when we came to civilize, we needed God's wisdom for our lives, our faith story of how we came to trust God with our lives. And we need, came to depend on God's wisdom. They need to hear that from us. They need to hear how we came to believe. They need, children will see through very quickly uh, when we say we're trusting God for wisdom, but they don't see we're obeying God's wisdom. They're very smart. They're not, not, they don't know as much as we do and have experiences, but they do know. Very much. They'll, they'll, look, they'll see through our, our, our duplicity very quickly, if that's the case. Uh, children, uh, they need and want consistency. That's what gives them their security. So if we say we're trusting God for wisdom in this, and we follow, we live in that wisdom, that'll give them security that we are, we are trusting God. They didn't see that. The verse says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Walk in wisdom. Trust God for wisdom and, and then walk in that wisdom toward outsiders. But I think our children also need to see that our walk toward outsiders is consistent with our walk with them. It's not two different walks. They don't need to see one side of us when we're with them and another side of us when we're with other people. They need to see consistently we're walking in wisdom with them and toward outsiders. If we live one way at home and another way outside of home, our children will see through us. God's wisdom, we know, though, is consistent and unchanging. And our children need to see we trust God's wisdom for all of our life. They need our steadfast prayers. They need to see that we are trusting His wisdom for everything in our lives. That's what they need more than anything else. And the third instruction from Paul in this passion says, Let our speech, let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt. Our children want and need us to be truthful with them. they Just as they can see through our duplicity, as I said, when we're not following the wisdom that God gives us as our actions don't match up, they can see when we're not truthful with them. They can see through that. They're, they're, not, they're not foolish. They can see. 
Uh, some of us are good at, at dishing out truth, but it says in here, let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt. The salt is like what brings flavor and brings pres preserving. It's like the truth in our speech. The speech be gracious, seasoned with, with truth. Let it be truth in your, 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 what you speak. So some of us are very, of us are very good at, at dishing out truth without covering it in grace, and others of us are very gracious without balancing it with truth. But we need both. Just as we need both need, just we both need uh, grace and truth from our Father, so our children need the same from us. It's said that truth without grace is condemnation, and grace without truth is compromise. Grace, grace without truth corrupts, and truth without grace condemns. Grace without truth leads to licentiousness, lawlessness, or immorality. Grace without truth leads to this, but truth without grace leads to legalism. And legalism values the law above the person. And, but grace values the worth of the person in order to inspire obedience to the law. Too much grace without truth is, is codependent living. And too much truth without grace is bullying. Our speech should be gracious, but seasoned with salt. It should be, truth should be in everything we do, but it should be with grace as well. John 14, 1, 14, verse chapter 1, verse 14 tells us, and the word became flesh, talking about Jesus, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus perfectly blended truth with grace and grace with truth. And only he, through the Spirit living within us, can enable and empower us to speak truth bathed in grace to our children and to others around us. Our children need to hear God's truth about themselves. They are not little angels. They are not clean slates. There are things in them. They do have a sin nature. They need to know that. They need to know that they are born sinful. And they need to know that God loves them so much, he doesn't want them to remain in this sinful state. They need to know, as Pastor Tim Keller says, the gospel tells us that we are more wicked than we can ever, than we dared ever believe, but more loved and accepted than we ever dared hope, all at the same time. Let me read that again. The gospel tells us that we are more wicked than we ever dared believe, but more loved and accepted than you ever dared hope at the same time. They need to know that God wants a relationship with them, but their sin separates them from God. They need to know that Jesus died for them to remove their sins so they can have a relationship with God. And they need to know that by trusting Jesus, they will have a relationship with God. More than anything else, this is what our children need. When as a young man living with my parents, I would head out for an evening with my friends, my mother would call to me saying she had something to show me. She said she had something that she wanted me to read. Every time it was the same thing. It was Proverbs 22.1. A good name is to be chosen rather than riches. And then I would ask her, Mother, why do you want me to read this every time? What, what do you think I'm going to do with my friends? And she would just smile and say, just remember, son, 
This is God's word. This is truth. Remember this. And then she'd turn and walk away. And our children need to hear the truth about us as their parents. They need to know that we are not perfect, that we have sin in our life. And they need to know that how we deal with that. They need to know that we sin and, need, and we need to experience God's grace and forgiveness. We are not above that. We are not always right. And they need to know that. And we need to be able to tell them that. They'll see our sinfulness. You can be sure of that. They'll see it. And we need to acknowledge that before them. And acknowledging our sins to them and telling them about our, what we've done in our lives at the appropriate time. And even when we sin and they see it and we're with them and, and we do it against them, we need to be quick to ask for their forgiveness and let them know that it's important. We've asked God to forgive us. We've confessed our sins to him. And then we need to make a relationship right with them. They'll see it. They need to see that. That's the truth about us. They need to see that we live in, in grace as we experience the truth of God in their lives. Um, we need, they need to show them that we depend upon God's grace every day to live our lives. I have a college friend who refused to tell his children about his college antics of drinking and wild partying. He told me once that he didn't want them to think of him that way. He wanted them to think that he was better than that because he, his life had changed and he was doing things differently now, but he had quite a past when we were in college together. And sadly, uh, because I believe he didn't tell his sons, that is, his children that, um, he almost lost one of his sons to drug abuse when he became a teenager because his son didn't think that my friend, his father, would understand his attraction to this lifestyle. He thought his dad was never tempted in that way, so he couldn't talk to him because he didn't know. He didn't know the truth about his dad's life. And he almost lost his son. Very sad. Our children need to know it's only by God's grace, through the power of his spirit, that we are able to live this life in following Jesus. It's not within ourselves. We don't have it within ourselves. It's only by God's grace. So on this Mother's Day, let's ask God to enable us. Mothers, ask God to enable you. Fathers, ask God to enable you to give your children what they truly need steadfast prayer as you realize the things that they're against, the things that are coming against them. And then to walk in wisdom, to, to, to give them wisdom in our walk. Let's give that to them, what they really need. Steadfast prayer, wisdom in our walk, godly wisdom as we trust God, wisdom in our walk, and grace and truth in our talk. Mothers, if you do this, your children will rise up and call you blessed. I know because this is what I did. As we celebrate this Mother's Day, I want to leave you with a short message I received from a friend this week. And maybe this will go with you as it stayed with me as I live my life following Christ. Grace is when God gives us good things that we don't deserve. Mercy is when he spares us from the bad things we do deserve. And blessings are when he is generous with both grace and mercy. Truly, we can never run out of reasons to thank him. Thank you, mothers. God bless you on this Mother's Day. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word that instructs us. Thank you that you enable us and empower us to pray for our families, to pray for our children, pray for others. 
in steadfast prayer, never giving up, not ending. And then you give us wisdom to live this life as we call out to you. May we daily call out to you for wisdom and then pass that wisdom on to our children. And then may we address our children, speak to them the truth of your word, but just so covered in grace because that's how we experience it ourselves, that they'll know that there is grace for every truth that, that comes at them and that they'll rest in that. And so we thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.